Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Double overtime in the Army Navy game. <laughs> we had a two alarm fire drill. Army did beat Navy in double overtime. We'll dive that in the Army football show. So that's just a preview for the next one for the recap. However, you know, since we've been away, TCU lost to K State in the thriller. Utah gave Ohio State the earliest Christmas present possible. And, uh, <laughs> They took USC to the woodshed. This kind of creates a little bit of a discussion for me, but we'll get into it a little bit later. Uh, there's a lot that happened in the last two weeks in college football, but uh, we're here to recap some of that action for you. So welcome back, Trash Talkers. This is a college football roundtable, or if you prefer two O's and an NCO. You can call it Ring Knocker Radio. We gave you a sample of Ring Knocker Radio last week uh, on the, the channel. So you got to see uh, Jordan, who's our, our uh, spokes guy for the army football show on the VTT channel. So if you were looking and looking for Joe and saw that he looked a little bit different, that was actually Jordan, but uh, <laughs> I'm your host, Rob, the angry colonel calling out of the center of the universe here at Fort Bragg. We got Dano, Ikebisa out of Connecticut and 13 and 0 triggered Joe. All right, guys, how's it going? Because I know this, uh, we kind of did this outline a couple weeks ago, but uh, we are definitely in a different space. Dan, uh, what'd you do this weekend? Yo, man, I had to think back when I was looking at this, uh, looking at this outline to remember what happened two weeks ago, like the ending of the army Navy game pretty much reformatted my brain from jump. Um, but yeah, K state beat TCU. I watched that, uh, watched two Tulane try to give the game to UCF only to rally at the end and wind up whooping their asses, which I thought was cool. Um, my takeaway is that UCF can't stop the run, which I knew that. And congratulations to Troy and, uh, UT San Antonio, boy, the, the freaking Roadrunners, man, that's a legit football team. So uh, I enjoyed watching that quite a bit. Yeah, and even more legit because Walt Harris is coming back for like his 17th season. Oh, my God, that, that should like, be outlawed. I, yeah. I mean, I don't – I'm sure the guy is not going to be like a top pick. He's looking at like maybe the sixth round or something, so he's probably going to make more in NIL money. But what a crime. Yeah. Really. That's, that's a good point. Awesome. Joe, how about you? Oh. Man, you know, it's it's beautiful to see an Army Navy game have the fireworks at the end because, uh, you know, you got to be a real football fan to watch one of those games where the offenses are like that. It's been like that before, you know, slow going. But, uh, man, there was there was a lot of hitting going on out there and bodies were flying. And if you love football, it, you can still find entertainment in that. And then the fireworks at the end, uh, man. Crazy craziness. We thought for a second there that uh, Army had a good chance at winning on two block punts. But um, yeah, it was beautiful to see. And then, you know, riding the green wave all the way for the last month, they provided some excitement. K State and TCU had steam coming out of my ears. Uh, the 50 seconds with the ball taking a knee when your quarterback just played like Moses part in the Red Sea. I, I just don't get it. Um, and then it was good to see Michigan spoil the spoiler makers. Uh, obviously since we spoke again and, uh, you know, prove, prove me right. And I said, if they're champions, they'll roll, you know, if it was a tight game or something like that, I might be a little more worried, but I feel pretty good about them moving it, moving forward. So yeah, good on all fronts. Loved it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, of course, I watch the championship games. Not going to belabor TCU, but I absolutely agree with you, Joe. Like, what are you doing with – when your quarterback's like Fuego like that? Like, dude, <laughs> Max Duggan, like, I would want that kid – like, he's the kid on the football field that's just like, hey, I'm going to throw it to you. Make sure you catch it, right? Like, he's just going to yeah. chuck the thing and something's going to happen. And he's one of the most incredible and most dynamic players in college football. The interesting thing will be is, does he stay at TCU? Does he transfer out or does he go into the NFL? Because I can tell you right now, there's a lot of NFL teams that are licking their chops, hoping that yeah. that guy enters into the draft next season because he's yeah. a talented guy. Giants, baby. Yeah. We, we he's, need a also guy. The guy, <laughs> he's also the guy that says, I'll throw it to you once. <laughs> then I'm just going to take it myself because that's what he did on that last drive. 80 yeah. yards on his feet. There was no offense. Mm -hmm. The only offensive progression was his feet. I've never seen more heart in a player. Uh, well, I have, but it's been a long time. And that dude had a nine hour heart surgery four weeks before the season started. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's it just it shouldn't happen that way. And that's called the, yeah. the desire to win like straight up. That was that was great. And of course, if Beautiful. you like watching if you like watching comedies, National Lampoons is on now. You could probably see it like 37 times because it is the Christmas season. Got the Christmas <laughs> but the biggest joke of the holiday season so far is the University of Southern California on all fronts. Like I about lost my mind. I was celebrating the Army Navy win and then I see the scroller. And I about freaking flipped the TV over going, how in the H-E double hockey sticks did Caleb Williams win the Heisman Trophy? Does he have the numbers? Absolutely. But when when do we ever in college football put a quarterback with two losses? Never. Give him the Heisman Trophy. Like, when We've is never done that. When is that ever happened? First. So, so, of course, like, it makes me ask all the sports writers, all right, what games are you watching, number one? Are you giving Lincoln Riley a Constellation Prize because he got his ass whipped on national TV? Mm. Or, you know, Caleb Williams sprinting, like, 37 yards and then not stepping out of bounds and taking a hit that further injured his hamstring. That's not the, that's not the move of a Heisman-winning quarterback, number one. You know, I, I, I truly think, like, it, it kind of pisses me off, and, and like, I wasn't going to say it. I'm going to say it. It's kind of like going to play basketball in Russia and not dumping your your uh, your vape cans full of cannabis oil before you go through customs, right? You guys are way too serious about these laws. I'm just going to do it because I'm important. <laughs> well, no, you're not. No, you're you not. Know, I mean, like for real, it's it, it's like it's kind of it's kind of along those same lines. Like you're a professional performance athlete, you have to be able to think on your feet. You know, dumping your stash is one thing, but literally running What's that out first of bounds. Word mean again? Yeah, performance. And like yes, be, yeah, a put, be a professional. You're yeah, not on vacation. Dude, yeah, make no mistake. The guy put up the numbers, but like when you look at his his body of work by comparison to the other guys that he was up against, a quarterback he doesn't beat Blake Corum. Yeah. I mean, it just it does not make any sense. And, and it's super, super frustrating to me. And it's kind of just another one of those things that, like, makes you wonder what the guys are watching, you know. And that's part of the reason why I legitimately think the reason why they went to the 12 team playoff is legitimately because they don't want the pressure anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. We don't want the pressure of deciding who goes into this thing. So we're just going to make it as easy as possible. We're going to make a 12 team format, give some folks some buys to reward them for winning conference championships. And then we're going to kind of stay out of it because it makes it a lot easier. So if you have a 13 and 0 UCF, you can put them in there and, you know, they play for the, you know, they play if they win rather yeah. than, you know, rather than, oh, who's going to come in? Like Nick Saban. Hey, Nick. To your credit, you have a whole bunch of championships, but you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. You have two losses. 
right? Yeah, Let's yeah. be real. Yeah. He looked weak. Yeah. He looked weak in that, man. He looked like a beggar. Like, dude, I don't even like you, and I'm telling you to be a man and just take it. Like, it just, bro, you look, you look like you were begging. And I get you're fighting for your kids, but, man, take your rough season and shut up. You're not supposed to be number one every freaking year. I'm sorry you feel that way. Congratulations for working yourself into that mindset, but it ain't reality this year. Yeah, true statement. Dan, you had something to say? Yeah, I mean, you know, I look, I know we're going to get into this, but they did the only thing that they could do, right? I mean, you hate to reward TCU for losing, and you hate to reward Ohio State for freaking losing, you know, even more egregious fashion, but they, they did the only thing that they could do, right? I, I mean, they, again, but they've tied their own hands, too, just yeah, because of the way, that, the way that they've done it before, because if you know as much as as much as we don't want to admit it but like had they not let a one loss ohio state team in in 2014 this wouldn't even be a discussion right now mm. right yeah. but on the other side of that coin had they not won let a one loss ohio state team in they wouldn't have won in 2014 so it, yeah. it it's a double edged sword and it's a, it's a razor blade that you don't want to you don't want to jump on but like when you look at sports writers and heisman voters and and college football bowl committees like at the end of the day, deep down inside, I'm just not sure of what decisions they're making. And the Heisman Trophy literally is a farce because when you look at the other guys that were on the table, hey, four of those guys are still playing. Mm. And Caleb Williams is going to be at home for Christmas and he's coming back to play football next I, season because this season is over. I put it put it this way. If you give me the Wildcat or a shotgun from the five yard line and I'm picking who they snap the ball to. Quarterback or running back, he's not even in the top five. Yeah, he's I mean, not. There's a lot more. Simply because I think he's, I think there's guys on his talent level that made it through the season. Um, and if you're going to award a player who had two games off, well, Blake Holm only had one game off, and it was because he couldn't walk. Hmm. You know, and if, if he would have been out there against Ohio State and Purdue, it just would have been worse for those teams. Yeah. Well, and, and, I mean, and here's the other part. All right, of the guys, of the quarterbacks that were left on the field, right, from the other four Heisman voters, who do you want leading your team at the end? Guess what? Caleb Williams, and let's be honest here, if you're a college football fan and you watch more than two games in a season, the Pac-12 plays no defense. The Big 12 plays no defense. However, if you watch Max Duggan take the ball 80 yards down the field, I'm absolutely 100% confident that that guy can close out games and his coach screwed him by making them take the victory formation, you know, when they still had a minute left. Well, Cameron Rising's closed out two games on Caleb Williams, so does that make him a better quarterback? Because, uh, I don't know, I'm just saying if we're doing football math, he beat yeah, him twice. Well, legitimately, you know, if we use football math, that, that means freaking Cameron Rising is the Heisman Trophy winner, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> being honest. <clears throat> I think we lost you there, Rob. Hey, he wants to um, actually. I think he said go through the final uh, top ten. All right. Oh, All right. 10, yeah. So top ten. Uh, number one, Georgia, thirteen and zero, deserve to be number one. They have won all their games. Number two, Michigan, same deal. Uh, number three, TCU. Yes, they lost their championship game, but they're still probably the best one-loss team in the country. Number four, Ohio State. What are you going to do? Eleven and one. Number five, Alabama. Number six, Tennessee, getting punished for their. Uh, quarterback ripping his ACL. Number seven, Utah at 10 and three. Number eight, USC at 11 and two. Number nine, Penn State at a very respectable 10 and two. And number 10 is Clemson, very much on the outside looking in at 11 and two. Um, as I said before, I, they did the only thing they could do with the final. Be interesting to see how it plays out next year. Yeah, Joe, what are your yeah. thoughts? 
Um, I like, you know, I, I like the top four. You know, they, I think that the teams determined it themselves. Um, it's, it's, it's a hard argument to change those, those four. So, and, and we definitely know who the best team in the country is going to be when it's all said and done because someone's going to have to go through Georgia. Yeah. Um, so, somebody's always got to go too. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And, like, and if it's hey. Georgia, it's Georgia, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think honestly, from a, from the bowl committee perspective, again, I understand why they put Ohio state at number four, because it's like, Hey, look, if you win the national championship, you got to earn it. So you've got to play the number one team in the country after taking a pretty brutal loss on national television against your rival. I think it really sets them up. If they do win, they have the hardest road to get there, you know? And so it, it will take some of this thing out, but it won't take all this thing because we know college football hates Ohio. So it's pretty much. Just <laughs> Coming from a Michigan fan, it is very oh hard God, to argue with their resume. They've got, they've got the best uh, road win out of a one loss team in Penn state and they thumped them and they beat Notre Dame. Yeah. So, you know, I, I it's two very quality wins on their, on anybody else with one loss. So, yeah, and, and if you look at that matchup, um, I don't think US, uh, USC stands two quarters with Georgia. And I think Ohio State has more NFL talent. And if they come on, come and ball out, I think Ohio State can make a game of it. And uh, yeah. But they're going to have to play perfect. Yeah, well, But and, they've got the it, talent. Again, it goes back to, like, the only, the only kind of blemish on Ohio, Ohio State, but on Georgia's record, was that first half, well, first three quarters against Mizzou. Right. Mm-hmm. If they come out flat on any of those teams that are in the playoffs like they did against Mizzou, it's going to be a long day for them because, you know, Ohio State and Michigan can hang 20, 21 points on you really quick. And same thing with TCU. They all have explosive offenses. And if you slow burn like you did against Missouri, you're probably down a touchdown or two, maybe even, you know, 21 points given the schemes that those teams run. Yeah. And if there's any heart, left beating down there in Columbus, that is a fearsome, fearsome bunch that wants to get the taste of that last game out of their mouth. And I would I would expect to see the best Ohio State that they can offer against Georgia. So I, I, I'm telling you, they play well in bowl games. I'm a Michigan fan, but I'm being objective. I think they've got the talent to make it a game. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it'll stay closer than again. I think the last SEC team that was just a completely dominant power was LSU. And that was when like everybody was like, Yeah, Joe Burrow and those guys are gonna win it, so we don't have to worry about watching the game. But we haven't had you know, we haven't had like a a, a team like that in a while. So we've got some time, but I, I legitimately yeah. think that uh, you know, either way, I, I like to see good college football games. I think the teams that they have in there are the most reasonable matchups. Like, I think Tennessee made their case, but with Hendon Hooker going down, I think it kind of took them off the board. And, you know, again, college football may not hate the University of Alabama, but it absolutely hates Nick Saban. So if Nick Saban was coaching in Ohio State, they wouldn't have put him in because I think, honestly, like, the, we should start the hashtag. Somewhere Paul Feinbaum's head's rotating right now. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, any, anyone but Bama, right? That's basically kind of my stance on on the playoff. Like, I didn't care who got the four slot so long as it wasn't uh, old roll tide because, I, I, like, wins enough enough. And, and this season, believe it or not, this is the first season uh, since the playoff has started that you haven't had a Dabo, a Dabo or a Nick Saban appearance. So it, yeah. it's nice to have some, some different coaches in there at least. They the won't be missed. 
yeah, for sure. All right, so Service Academy football again. We already deep, we already talked about the uh, the Army win. If you're looking at my backdrop, I've got Quinn Moretzky lining up for the game-winning kickoff. That was pretty legit. But uh, Joe, I think you got a little Blue Falcon action for us. So uh, if you don't mind, who's your Blue Falcon of the week? Yeah, it's 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 going to be a little different spin because it's not really directed at one person, but the people who know who they are know who they are. Um, it's about a, a a lot of the negativity or a lot of the uh, just uh, man, people people change uh, with the wind when it comes to Deion Sanders, and all of a sudden you start hearing the stuff like he's a sellout. And trust me, I've I've seen numerous podcasts um, that I've I've watched on interviews with people who have tons of followers who are answering these questions from people at Jackson State who are saying, "Yeah, Coach Prime's all about the bag." And uh, all about money. And it's like, hang on a second, because I, I just listened to an hour long interview and, and the guy actually was questioning about it. And it's like, let's just talk about a few things he has done. All right. And I'll get to my point as to who the Blue Falcon is. But first of all, you got the number one recruit in the country with a fraction of the budget that, say, Michigan has. Number yeah. one recruit in the country. Got Under Armour to sponsor the uniforms. No big deal. Got Jackson State new practice fields. That was probably six figures. Opened up his own charter school. They, you know, to be truthful, they closed because of financial distress, but he still is at least trying to uh, coach and mentor young men in the right direction. Coached at J State for $1.2 million for four seasons while donating half his salary to upgrade the football facilities. For anyone calling him a sellout, just ask yourself, how many times in the last decade have you heard someone say, hey, man, Dion is really uh, pouring himself into the university and into developing young black athletic professionally and young, strong leaders who will have a great chance at success in their next phase of life. You never hear that. It's always some kind of drama because Dion does it different. But that was just a few of the things that he's done. He's still paying J State University 300 grand because of upgrades that he promised to go have on. All right, like the guy gives back. He's doing it right. And then on the flip side, He's going to a place like Boulder, Colorado, the land of legal weed and pronouns. Um, and then you get the quiet rumblings on the other side that says, hey, you know, you know, we really love diversity. So here are some of our guidelines for acceptable levels of diversity. Nah, not going to work with Prime. Prime will show you who he is from pillar to post to anyone watching at all turns and avenues. He's always been different and he's always been who he is. Uh, and it'll be much different than the norm. So if you wanted all the good things that come with having a man like Deion Sanders as your head coach, then actually support the man. He's not a sellout because he's a successful coach and he got a promotion. And if you want prime, but in your mind, your coach has his hat straight, his bill curved. Uh, he's got the Tom Selleck level Magnum PI coach bike shorts with the two, top, <laughs> two socks pulled over his knees and an Andy Reid wall rash stash. You don't want prime then. Support the man because he's doing it right. He doesn't BS his players. He teaches them the life skills. And I would I would pay to have my sons coached by a man of his caliber. So haters, come get your T-shirts because if you don't believe me, go watch Travis Hunter's first game where he balled like a baby in his coach's arms for believing in him. That's the number one recruit in the country. And he's getting true guidance and leadership that all these kids should have. So if you're hating on Deion Sanders, come get your T-shirt because that man's doing it right and you're a blue puppy. Ooh. I digress. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, it looks like we're going to have to start running the printing press because uh, there's quite a few uh, pro athletes that are going to have to come get their Blue Falcon T-shirts because they're throwing the Boo Birds at Deion Sanders. I, I, you would, I don't understand that. You would, you would never ask a white dude to not take a 10x salary bump and go to a better job. Like, that would never Let's happen. Jim Harbaugh's progression from the University yeah. of San Diego. That's No that's, one calls him a bag chaser. Yeah, that's just like you – know? I, that's in, it's insane it's insane well, it's yeah. it's just like when you look at the coaching carousel man like that's one of those things that just drives me kind of bonkers so you start looking at it and you're seeing guys that are moving around and why are they moving around for opportunities it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Op it's it's opportunity well, but it's also a chance to coach at a big time program like yeah, if you yeah. if you are a collegiate level coach why would you not want to coach in a power five like you, you want to that's a goal yeah, well, and the other part That's of it is a huge, huge football town, and Colorado's a sleeping giant. Watch yeah. them go turn Colorado around. I guarantee yeah. they'll be better. Well, you got to. Well, think they just of, signed their first four-star recruit. I mean, yeah. you know, he's been there a week. Yeah, and you got to think, yeah. Colorado is one of those schools that uh, they used to be national champions. Yeah. Like, Many, many moons ago, like before half of the audience was born, like these yeah. dudes were legitimately like crushing it in college football. You know, they had the death flow sanctions, which is still the funniest story ever. Kickers shanking each other over, you know, dates and it was weird. But, you know, looking yeah. at the but looking at the coaching carousel, you have guys that are leaving to go to smaller schools like, you know, the Ohio State offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson is going to Tol Tulsa. Why? Because it's an opportunity for him to be a coordinator to go into a head coaching job. Yeah. Right. Yep. You look at and Dion put his time in. He coached in high school. Like yeah. he he's yeah. been yeah, doing yeah, yeah. this for a while. Yeah. You know, and uh, that you know the thing I love about Dion that he has in common with so very few coaches is look at his athletic resume. This dude doesn't fail percentage wise. He's done things that less than one percent of the population can do. Yeah. I mean, all-star baseball player playing in two sports, flying city to city in the playoffs in both of them and being a stud score, you know, bringing a pump back the next game. Like the, it, he was a smaller Bo Jackson. Yeah. And, and the, the problem with it is, is like people, people want to hate on your success, which is just ridiculous, you know, and, and guess what? Ain't nobody asking Trent Dilfer to give up, you know, half of his paycheck to take care of UAB. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And he just signed over as a head coach over there. So it's 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 interesting to think that, uh, you know, the haters that are out there are really, you know, tossing out some some really bad stuff. It's like, look, if, if college football is about developing, you know, players of character and ensuring that those guys get at least enough education to monetize themselves or enough money to get education later, you could be like Larry Fitzgerald and go play in the pros for years and years and years and then finish out your degree doesn't matter, but to put them on the right path of doing that. And if you haven't watched Deion Sanders hall of fame acceptance speech, man, you watch about 30 seconds of that. And I believe every word that the guy says, because I legitimately think he's not only shown it through his play on the field, the way he treated his mother, you know, like if you, if you listen to that thing, man, you're like, dang, man, like, like I feel bad for his mom. But then again, I don't feel bad for his mom. Cause he's been taking care of her for 30 plus years. And then the last part of it is, is it's like, that's what football is about. I take a group of young men, teach them skills that are applicable on the football field that also translate over into life. Like, why would we not want to see that? I mean, he took Jackson State and put them literally on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he went through the ticket sales as to what they pulled in for a game. What head coach does that? Well, somebody was somebody was 
cooking the books or stealing. Yeah. And Dion was like, this isn't right. We're selling this place out. What, what, where's the money? And he went through everything. And he was like, that affects everything we do here. Not And, you know, people think he was doing it for his paycheck. Yeah, well, he already cuts, cuts that in half and gives it back to this university. And to call that man a sellout, he left that place so much better, unrecognizable from what he yeah. found. Yeah, you he's, know, he's, I mean, he's using the old rule of leaving it better than you found it. I mean, I think that yeah. that says it in a nutshell. And, and and let's get rid of the 500 pound elephant in the room. It's because Dion wears his hats crooked. It's because Dion talks a certain way. It's because he scares people because you can't debate him. Like when he gets into a heated debate, that dude's got his facts straight. and He knows what he's talking about. Like he get, you know, don't judge a book by his cover and think that because he wears baggy clothes that he might be some punk, you know, like Dion yeah. is absolutely about business, no wasted movement. And that guy's going to succeed. I firmly believe that. Yeah. I mean, and really all you have to do, and this is not the NFL show. It's about college coaching, but <laughs> sure. you have to think about it though. When you look at NFL players, man, if you go back and you watch any of the NFL film shows on television, whether it be Peyton Manning or, or Eli or whatever, as they're going around and they're talking to these players, these guys have brilliant memories and like you show them a clip of a game. Oh, I remember that one. That yeah. was San Diego in 2009. That's amazing to me. This. That's amazing to right? me how they do that. Yeah. Right. So if you imagine a guy with that level of an analytical brain now watching films to coach your kid, like there's a reason, mm -hmm. there's a reason why these generational players keep coming in. Like when you look at the Joey Bosa's or you look at Deion Sanders's kid, or when you look at Barry Sanders's kid, or you look at anybody that's associated with the Mannings, why are these guys so good? Because all those lessons that they have learned over all those years and years and years of playing and coaching football are just being passed mm -hmm. on. Like, look, how's Thanksgiving dinner at the Manning house? Hey, Arch, let's go throw some passes. <laughs> right? With two, you know, with two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. At it's like he's 18 dinner. months old. What do you mean throw some passes? You know what I mean? And, and, like, that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't recognize. Like, the level of talent to make it into the NFL and be successful is, like, next level. It's beyond next level. And you're bringing that kind of talent into your team because a lot of coaches – you know, a lot of coaches do great at coaching and they become great coaches because they coach their whole careers. Some great coaches are because they're great players and it's really taking advantage of both of them. So, so it's pretty fun. But uh, let's move on to the games of the week. We're just going to hit a couple games real quick and then we're going to talk about the New Year's Six or some of the big bowls. We aren't going to talk about all the New Year's Six because some of them are mildly interesting with all the, the playoff discussion going on. However, coming up this Friday, you've got Miami and UAB, and it's Miami of Ohio in Nassau, Bahamas. Man, that must be nice. Like, who cares about the bowl game at that point? <laughs> you just want to go yeah. hang out. So you've got uh, if you're in Orlando, you can swing through Disney and go to uh, UTSA and Troy play each other. That's what a game! Dude, that's, that's the game a of the banger, season. man. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Like, I, like whoever lined that one up, I think that one's going to be a legit bowl contest. I mean, like sometimes they say, "Oh, bowl games don't matter." That one absolutely is going to matter. I think, I think it's going to be. I think UTSA is going to win that game. I don't know no, why. No. Have you seen Troy's defense? They got the best linebacker in the country at Troy. Yeah, Troy has a season. pretty. Troy has a pretty stiff defense. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think U UTSA. I think it's going to be like skill on skill. So if you're talking about that middle linebacker versus uh, Frank Harris's ability to run, I think that's that's going to be a, that's going to be an interesting part of the game. Vegas has the spread at one down. So oh, they you believe know, it's UTSA going to be a tight is, 
UTSA is about to level up to the American Conference, and I'm really curious to see how they do next year. Um, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a good one. So Saturday, you've got uh, Cincinnati and Louisville. That one's mildly interesting. See if the Gators can upset uh, Oregon State in Vegas. You got uh, Washington State and Fresno State playing in Inglewood, California. As obviously, you can tell we're before Chris. We're before Christmas because a lot of these games are like, huh? Who are these teams? You know, you got a five and five and five Rice team that's playing, which I still can't believe that they made it into a bowl game. They're playing Southern Miss in the in Mobile, Alabama. You've got SMU and BYU in Albuquerque. That's basically a home game for BYU. It's an <laughs> interesting you, game. Yeah, I think it'll be okay. Then you got North North Texas and Boise. I think that was a shift because initially oh, North yeah. Texas had yeah North Texas had Air Force and then they got leveled up to play Baylor. So these are your games for this weekend. And we'll pause for a really quick sec and then we'll jump into picking some games. So the ones that I have right now on the docket weekly loss one Orange Bowl. Tennessee versus Clemson. All right, which team? Which team is going to pull pull it through? Because they're both missing their quarterback. Because DJ, I can't say the rest of his name. Julian uh, Delay is leaving Clemson, so he is not going to be there. He has entered the transfer portal, so Clemson is looking for a new quarterback. And, That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, so Clemson ahead. is still given almost a touchdown. Uh, I would definitely take Tennessee plus six and a half, even without Hendon Hooker. I mean, it's tough to lose Hooker in the middle of the game against South Carolina, which is obviously the whole game got completely out of control. But with this much time to sort of figure stuff out, I have faith that that staff, that staff is good staff. They're going to figure it out. Yeah, yeah second that, I'll take Tennessee in the points. Yeah. You know, they they, they obviously you can't replace Hendon Hooker. I don't think they're even going to try, but their game out after that, they went 56 to nothing. So I think the team is most definitely still in it. And uh, that's important nowadays in bowl season. Yeah. Uh, injuries, who's sitting out, all that other stuff. And I think Tennessee really wants to put a stamp on their season because, they, man, they just got their hearts broken. Um, that's a brutal one. You hate to see it. Yeah, I, I think the, I think the real the real thing for tennis for Tennessee is like, hey, if we take Clemson to the woodshed, even though it's in the postseason, like yeah. we got to hang we got to hang as many points oh, on yeah. as we can because you got a former national champion at that you know championship team that's going through an identity crisis. But if we beat them up really bad, then we're kind of sending a message like, hey, look, yeah, we kind of had some you know we had some slips and trips because our our starter went down, but we adjusted and look how well we adjusted by freaking smoking yeah. Clemson. Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with the the crew on this one. I, I definitely want to see. Uh, I would take the over on this. I haven't looked at it just yet, but I think it'll, I think whatever it is, unless it's like 75 points, I think they'll pop it. If it's around 40, 45 over under 64 points, which 64 I think points. is quite a few. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, like if I'm not going to bet that one. No, I, I like if it's 65, I'd definitely take the under on that one, but it'll be close. It'll not be without hand and hooker. It makes me nervous. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, looking at the Sugar Bowl, that's uh, New Year's Eve, so if you're not out drinking, you can be out of the sports bar drinking. All right, you got Alabama and K-State playing in New Orleans in the, the Sugar Bowl. Like, quite frankly, I would like to see K-State win that game. I don't know if they will. Uh, it depends on how many people sit out, man, because, you know, again, Bama's all about the, 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 the NIL money and, and holding on to their team, and I think one of the advantages of the NIL is that players are staying – in the postseason because they're being incentivized to do so now, which is, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm opting out for the draft, but if I stay in the, you know, if I'm staying, I play for the, in the bowl game, cause that just builds my NIL bank for, for next season. 
Guys, what are your thoughts on uh, K-State and Bama? Uh, I, I'll take Bama minus three and a half uh, all day and twice on Sunday. Sorry. I hate it for you, K-State, but that shit is not going to go. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's it's 100%. I, I got to roll with Alabama, and that's that's the game I'm super confident about. I mean, the, the fighting Sabanites have to come out and prove how worthy they are after their coach big-mouthed off into the Beggars' Cup to no avail. So if you're Alabama, you should come out and win, I don't know, 47-28. Yeah, they they got to win big because if they don't if they don't win big then then college football is going to be like, "See Nick, we told you," you know. Yeah. <laughs> right? That ain't going to happen. That is well, not going to happen. K-State just beat a team that's in the playoffs, so I think that would be a great statement for them. So oh, sure, I do I think sure. I think Bama's going to be tuned up and uh they're going to roll. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's fair. Uh, never count out K State, but I think they're gonna they they've they've kicked the sleeping giant with that one because Saban's pissed off. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be a little bit chippy because they beat TCU, but it's like, yeah, you had a second game to prepare for them. You know what I mean? This is a rematch. It wasn't like it was the first time around. And you would think that if you had the opportunity to kind of make those corrections, you should win it. So that being said, but. Uh, the the Verbo Fiesta Bowl we're relaming the bowl games now because everything's changing. So you got TCU and Michigan. Uh, so you got uh, two pretty solid teams. Like I hate to see that the fact that TCU did lose that one game because I think they're little they're legitimately better than their record shows, which is hard to say because they're twelve and one. But uh, this will be a this will be a good contest. It'll be a great test to see you know if Michigan can put them away because both of these teams are second half teams. So I think whatever happens in the first half will probably determine the outcome of this contest. Uh, uh, Michigan's yeah, Michigan is giving uh, seven and a half points. I don't know if I would touch that. Is there a prop to bet on over Michigan's running total? Whatever that is, I would take that. That's that's the bet that I would make. But I think Michigan's going to win. I, I don't even think the game's going to be that close. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, yeah. I got. Uh, I will be. Laying the seven and a half with Michigan. I got them winning. Uh, on my sheet here, it says uh, 43-27, but it could be worse for TCU if Michigan really gets hot and can stop their pass. And and because you know they're going to – the blueprint on Max Duggan got put out last week. Like, yeah, hey, absolutely. man, put a spy on this kid or he'll hurt you. Well, yeah. Michigan's got somebody like that. Um, and they, and, and he's definitely fast enough to keep up with Max Duggan if he was fast enough to keep up with CJ Stroud. So I think Michigan will definitely put a spy on him. And if they can get heat on him and force a few three and outs, Michigan's offense is really hard to stop. So, um, yeah, I got Michigan winning two, three scores. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I think now, at least as a later, we've gotten on to the season, it it's turned into and the other quarterback match J.J. McCarthy's play, right? And I think that's really what it is. Because if J.J. McCarthy is hot, then it's going to be a long day for whoever he's playing, right? If if J.J. McCarthy goes cold, if he has a lukewarm performance against a guy like Max Duggan, that's going to be a super interesting contest. And and that's yep. that's really what it is. And like this is really boiling down to the, the quarterback play. Because the play of the quarterback, and if they play mistake-free ball, then advantage is whoever plays the best defense, and that's Michigan, right? So if the quarterbacks play evenly, they both throw two touchdowns and a pick mm. and about 300 yards, then Michigan has the advantage just based off of the pure defensive performance because we all know yeah. if you're from the Big 12, you don't play defense very well. And so 
It'll be interesting to see because, again, like the last game of the season, TCU played a pretty solid defensive game. It was 62 to 14 was the final score against Iowa State. That's a pretty impressive game, but it's also Iowa State, not the level of uh, talent as Michigan. All right, moving yeah. on to the, the mother of all uh, bowls in the South. Like this is essentially a home game for Georgia. You know, they go from between the hedges up to Atlanta to play in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium at the Peach Bowl. So you got Ohio State and Georgia. Hey, I think – you know, somebody asked me the other day, a big, big Michigan fan was like, hey, what do you think about Ryan Day? And I said, he's too offensive minded, right? So somebody asked me, like, my honest assessment of Ohio State. Day's too offensive minded, and Jim Knowles learned from the Michigan game that I have to make, you know, second half adjustments. I think between those two things, it makes Ohio State a very strong team. Maybe not this season. But, like, as they've worked out the kinks, I think next season they're going to be even tougher just because now Knowles has been in the system for a year. He's got the talent around him. He's recruiting some other players that are come in. I think, you know, Ryan Day and a solid defensive coach like Jim Knowles makes for a solid Ohio State team, whereas before, you know, they weren't there. And I think this year is like a year of growth. And it's sad to say a year of growth for a team like Ohio State is one loss. But it absolutely is when you look at the caliber of teams that they play against and the teams that they, you know, and the teams that they beat. But thoughts on the Peach Bowl, guys? What do you think? Uh, Georgia's given six and a half. Um, I don't think Georgia has played a complete game. I hate to say it. I just think, I mean, prepare yourself for them to hit another level. I think that that's, you know what? I mean, these SEC teams, when they get in these super high leverage situations, it's like we focused all of our efforts to this and now watch us peak. And I think that that's going to be an impressive sight. We shall see. Yeah. I know I'm picking no, all I, the uh, overdogs here, but uh, they, what can you say? So you're taking Georgia to cover. Yeah. I'm taking Georgia okay. to cover. Yeah. No, I, what Dano is speaking of as a young lad, and a Michigan fan, I used to see like Alabama and Georgia and you'd see them at the end of the year in the bowl games. And it would be like, kind of like seeing the villain show up to a movie. You know, they were scary. Um, they do some stuff that I was like, I didn't see that all season. What are these guys doing out here? Like they play football different than the South. Um, you know, but literally as a kid, you know, you feared those guys. And um, I, I think an aspect of what uh, Dano says is definitely, definitely relevant and i think you're gonna see another level from the ohio state team as well i just think i think it's gonna be a really good game but unless it's seven and a hook i'm taking georgia um i think i think georgia wins by a score and a really really good football game but i think they cover six and a half and uh ohio state plays valiantly and close for most of the game but i think georgia's just gonna be too much in the end and if they're not giving up more than a score in points i'm taking them yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Uh, and like I said, the the only thing that could trip Georgia up is if they have if they play a half like they play yeah. against Missouri, it's it's yeah. going to be a long day for them because like if if C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison Jr. start getting it like that's trouble for anybody. Right. And, and mm -hmm. even even still think about in, in the Michigan game, he still had over 100. They didn't get season. shut down. C.J. Yeah. threw for 350. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's in a loss. So imagine if, if you, you know, give them a short field, it's going to be an interesting game. So I think, I think uh, it's going to come down, honestly, in my opinion, and I'm not going to give a pick per se. I think it's going to say, who's the best tight end, right? Tight end play is going to be huge because Georgia's got two oh, Georgia's super got it. <laughs> talented monsters back there. 
that uh, like they use those guys in everything, right? And so I think whichever tight end performs the best, whether that be in you know a special team situation or blocking or sneaking out and getting loose and making a catch, I think that will be the difference in the ball game. Whichever tight end shows up in a big way. And so I'll, I'll leave it at that. I I legitimately think, you know, I would take the under on this one for sure, just because, you Mm. know, both of these teams are going to be a little bit stingy. I think you're going to see a couple break open plays, but then they'll make adjustments. But again, I think it's going to come down to tight end play, whichever tight end shows up and kind of does the, does the thing right. That's going to be the team that's going to win. And Ohio state's got a good one and Georgia's got two of them. So advantage Georgia already, not only, you know, not to mention that, like if I'm Stetson Bennett, I'm putting a stamp on this season just to let everybody know that Caleb Williams guy, who is that? You know what I mean? Like, right. I think it's legitimately going to freaking try and run him off the stage if he can. Those are my and then we'll roll down just quickly and hit a couple of things so far that, uh, that I've been tracking. So looking at the transfer portal, man, crazy. Like, obviously it's been good for some teams, you know, worse for others, but like when you look at the transfer portal, you know, and this is about a week old, but you had Virginia tech had 11 players in the transfer portal. Texas A&M had 10, which is not a surprise because Jimbo freaking opened his bank account to get the kids to come there and, and they didn't win. So Clemson, that's kind of a surprise to have that many in the transfer portal because, you know, they're a solid team. They just had an off year, you know, Ole Miss, that's a surprise. And then Washington yeah. state, like Washington state is like, wow, you got a lot of people moving out. But like, when you look at those kind of top five teams that have got people moving and I think something that was pretty interesting, it was said at uh, that halftime during army Navy and they were talking about, you know, why the service academies are different from other colleges. And the big thing was, you know, these guys can't transfer out without coming at great personal cost, right? And then you're really rolling the dice, transferring from an academy into another college because you may, like, go from number one or number two on the depth chart to, like, the special teams guy, if at all, on the field. And do you have to polish your freaking soap? Okay. Well, enough said. It's different, okay? Trust me. <laughs> yeah, but but I think the other but I think the other part of it is is to all players that are inter- entering the transfer portal. Hey, man, the grass may not be greener. No. You know, like I saw that today. Grayson yeah, McCall is Grayson McCall is leaving. Uh, you know, that doesn't surprise it, me. His coach his, left. Yeah. yeah but th- hey, but this is a real question. I've never seen a picture of Grayson McCall. I've only watched the stats. Is he white? Yeah, he's yeah, white guy. So- Okay, because Michigan had a uh, YouTuber that covers their recruiting had a big thing about the transfer portal, and it had a Coastal Carolina athlete up there, but he was uh, African American. So I didn't, I, I didn't know. I was like, "Don't tell me Grayson McCall is transferring to Michigan." But he, <laughs> it was about the portal, and it was the the Michigan report, and he had a Coastal Carolina player up there. So Michigan's rumored to either be getting one or have gotten one from Coastal. I just didn't know what Grayson McCall looked like because he's been hurt the last few times they've been on TV. Yeah. Well, well, here's the other part. Like, Grayson McCall, like, I'm surprised that he is leaving. Obviously, that name, image, and likeness money is going to travel with him to go wherever he ends up. I think, uh, again. He's going to go to Liberty, we, dude. He's going to yeah. follow his coach. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, fair. Man. He'd be better than Malik Lewis, I think. Like, he'll, he'll yeah. get the numbers for sure. For sure. You know, Worked uh, out okay for Willis. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Where did Liberty's think, coach go? Um, let me uh, check real quick. Uh, I don't remember. Uh, let's see. I'm scrolling through, but uh, yeah, so in the SEC. Yeah, what do you guys think though about the transfer portal? Good thing, bad thing, or still TBD? So I was looking at this today after you asked because I have I don't usually pay that much attention to it. Um, I didn't realize Michigan Center 
uh, came in as a transfer. Apparently, he won a bunch of awards, which he totally he won deserved. the Remington Trophy. Yeah, yeah. so the best center in America, and he, then he I, transferred. Um, and and I I wasn't I wasn't surprised about that that he won it, but I was surprised that he came in as a transfer and won it. And I was looking at like some of the teams that Army had played to see who their impact transfers were. So Coastal, which I remember from our preview, had a bunch of transfers come in on the defense. Thought, okay, who are these guys? Their top tackler, homegrown. Standout nose tackle, also homegrown. So then I thought, all right, let me look at UConn because you're talking about the worst team in the world, and they just got they just went six and six. They're so much better. So what about linebacker Jackson Mitchell? He's also the best linebacker in America. Nope, he's homegrown. Their quarterback, true freshman Zion Turner, obviously he's been there the whole time. So Rob, I agree with you, man. This transfer thing is dangerous. A lot of these kids are just going to wind up paying for school. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, uh, excuse me. What, uh, God, who was it that said it? D'Antonio, Michigan State's old coach, he said, and he's a goofball because he was guilty of the same shit he was talking about. Excuse my language. But, uh, he said, where there's abuse, there will be control. And I, and I think once, once everybody kind of submits to, hey, this thing's a little out of control, man. We gotta, we gotta yeah. create some kind of commitment to the university when you get there. Um, and I know it's going to mess with people in a freedom sense, and they're going to they're going to make it. It'll get political, and it'll get nasty if they try and put restrictions on it. But I have a uh, I have a feeling that's where it's going to go. Well, they got to well, do something because they got these kids transferring four times in four years, and that's yeah. that's madness. Yeah, that's that's insane. And, and like I said, I, I'm I'm okay with like a grad transfer. So like you play for four years, you you finish you finish your degree, and like you transfer into another school so you can get a master's. All right, whatever. I'm not going to get too heated up about that because you still have eligibility left, whatever. But my thing is, you know, my disappointment is, is it's like you give a kid, you throw a kid the, uh, the benefit of the doubt, like Caleb Williams. He wins the Heisman Trophy after transferring with his coach to an offense that was tailor made for his success. And I get that. Two losses is the first thing. The second part of it is in the history of college football, if UFC, if USC, needs to get a Heisman Trophy back rather than awarding it to Caleb Williams, who is probably – and he's he's a great player. I know but, where this is going. But Me you know too. exactly where it's going. Hey, look, why don't you honor the guy that actually did some really good stuff in his college football career, like winning a national championship, and was a standout player for as long as he was in the NFL. Give it back to Reggie Bush. Like if they're so trying to out loud he's doing commercials for Wendy's, and their breakfast sucks. <laughs> No, but really like, like, like deep, deep down inside, like if we're, if we're trying to, if we're trying to put our thumbs on the scale of college football and balance things back out, why don't you just give Reggie Bush his freaking Heisman trophy back and award the most qualified quarterback? The, the, like, when you look at the total number of points, like, I don't know what the voters are looking at. Like, I seriously don't like Caleb Williams got 544 first place votes. That's more votes than number two, three, four, and five guys come. And I don't understand that. And it's not because why, I mean, yes, he's played impressively, but he didn't win. He's yeah. at home. I the, if you're a quarterback for the most prestigious award in college football, I'm sorry, man. That's a very harsh blade to run and be judged on. But you couldn't even be the second best quarterback in your own conference. Yeah. Like, Quarterbacks yeah. who are champions don't lose twice to the same guy in their own conference. Yeah. They just yeah. don't. Yeah. I, I think Utah's quarterback for here and forevermore is the 2022 20, Heisman Trophy winner because he beat him twice. 
You know, <laughs> like, like, I'd put that on my business card, you know. Oh my God, two and against two and against Heisman winners. You want me to put this furnace in or what? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's it's a little bit better. No, but not but to say that a Utah degree would have you doing that. I'm just saying. But this, like, like it's just annoying sometimes when, when college football makes some of the most irrational decisions, and that was one of them. Like, you see, you see balance and thought, and you know that the guys were mulling it over because it's like, dang man, we got to put Ohio State back in the playoff. Do we move TCU? I mean, like, that's a legitimate, like, struggle that I understand because, like, even as fans, we're all talking about, like, uh, all right, who's in, who's out? We don't want, you know, we don't want Bama, but what does it turn out to be? You know, and we're all kind of struggling and working through it together, but, like, Caleb Williams is a Heisman Trophy winner. I don't even think anybody that I know that watches college football was like, oh, yeah, that's my number one guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the yeah, the the Pac-12. You had to go guard. to the Pac-12 to get in, and you couldn't do it. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and, and again, speaking of the Pac-12, it's very, very like maybe they're doing it to keep Pac-12 relevant. You know, so you got Heisman Trophy winner Deion Sanders moves into the Pac-12 as the Colorado coach. Maybe they're trying to bolster up that uh, that TV contract that they signed at the beginning of the season. Who knows? Yeah. But the bottom line is. The bottom line is, it's like I legitimately think that there are better players that got over. Like, dude, I would I would have easily taken Bijan Robinson from Texas over, you know, Caleb Williams. And oh, by the way, his team has two losses too. So, like, I'll take Blake Corum, and he missed two games, and he still had fifteen hundred yards rushing and put Michigan on his back five six games out of the year. You know. Well, well, and the other part of it is, and this is something that we could probably do for offseason because we can go through these in a lot more detail. But when you look at the top 10 uh, Heisman Trophy candidates, only one running back, no defensive players. Yeah, that's can't terrible. We, that's can't awful. We just, like, awful. Why don't we, are we going to change it? Why don't we just change it? You know, change it to, you know, the, the college football MVP or best quarterback award. And then give the Heisman to the best player. Like, like if a guy's dominating on the field, then that's the guy that you want. Like, I, I think it's 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 kind of lost to me. It's lost some of its luster. Maybe they gave it to Caleb Williams to keep it out of the you know to keep the Heisman curse out of the playoff. Who knows? But from my perspective, I legitimately think that uh, there are much better candidates. It should have been Stetson Bennett. To be honest, he's a defending, returning champion. And he's won all of his games. Yeah. That makes logical sense. That's my argument. You're not the second best player in college football because you already won one. So no, we don't want to be greedy. No, it's judged on meritocracy. Like what they what are you guys talking about? And by the way, Michigan is doing their part on the defensive side. Only school to ever have multiple defensive players up for the Heisman, and we had three. Yes. So um, one of them not, not to break this up, but uh, Hugh Freeze going to Auburn just to bring that back around. Yeah, that's right. So Hugh Freeze went to Auburn. I, I I'm sure to there. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that'll be an interesting. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was an interesting choice. Interesting choice to to send Hugh Freeze there. Anyway, we're gonna wrap this up because Joe and I will probably talk for another two hours about Heisman shenanigans. And uh, sure. the, the the bottom line is uh, we're. Coming to the end of the season, uh, going into the bowl games. If you have not signed up for the Firsty Club, we do have a college football pick them. So sign up for that Firsty Club. If you're not in the Firsty Club, sign up on our Patreon. We'll get you in. You can register for the bowl game contest. There's 96 hours before all that starts. And uh, we'll be tracking to see who comes out on top. I placed second in uh, 
the doggone cruiserweight champion only behind James. And I wish James would have played this week, but he was smart and abstained because the only thing that could have done is he could have lost or he could have tied and he didn't play at all. So he was already up one. So the only thing I could do is win the last two. I've made the right picks, but it still wasn't enough to go over the top, which sucks. But all that you took the over, you took the over at army Navy and hit it. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. The over was what a, seven. What a move, man. Don't believe that. <laughs> That's a, what a move. Seven. That was a Gucci move. Yeah, I had Oh my well, goodness. Had, look, it it's just like anything else in college football. You either win by two or lose by one. <laughs> so yeah, you needed overtime to get there though. Yeah, hey, you know what? If it would have ended in regulation, I'd have been screwed. But or or if the refs had a had a quicker flag because there were some plays that could have gone either way. And like if you go back and watch it, there are some plays that was just like, oof. Got lucky yeah. on that one, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, I came in second on the cruiserweight title. That sucks because I wanted to be number one as always. <laughs> you know, second place is a first loser. Anyway, for two O's and an NCO, I got probably the, the, the angry colonel coming out of Fayetteville. We got thirteen and O triggered Joe heading to the playoffs in the home <laughs> house, and we've got the undefeated, undisputed. Cruiserweight champion for like the next couple of weeks. Oh, oh he's gonna go grab there. the strap. It's over there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so we got the undisputed, undefeated cruiserweight champion till the end of the season. <laughs> Tano Ikubesa. I got. I gotta send it to James. <sighs> yeah, call it out of Coastal Connecticut, man. That that belt is nice, man, and I think it's a. Uh, it got me amped up for the season because I really wanted that piece of hardware. Who doesn't? <laughs> want it? I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring next year so I can start off ice cold. Yeah, yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta That's get off. Happen. You gotta start off, start off, uh, start off hot. But anyway, yeah. Well, we thank you guys for checking us out, and uh, hey, we hope you enjoy the bowl games, and we will talk to you guys next time. Thanks. Beat them. Thanks for listening to the Ask for Football College Football Roundtable. Tune in next week as the AFF team brings you more hot takes and college football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first platform to perform online auctions and sales for farm animals. BuyerBarn.com is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and are extending a special discount to military veterans who want to help in the revolution of the family farm. Go to BuyerBarn.com forward slash military. That's BuyerBarn.com, B-Y-R-E-B-A-R-N.com to learn more and to get started or email them at info at BuyerBarn.com. Thanks again for listening to Ask for Football College Football Roundtable and as always, Beat Navy.